Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, welcome back to another episode. And today we're going to be talking about five first steps you can take towards macro counting. So if you are somebody that's been in the Facebook group, you probably realized or seen that recently I changed the Facebook group from Mama's New Strong podcast community to Macros for Mom. So we're really going to be focusing on how do we create a uh, macro counting lifestyle with our picky eaters and in a way that is um, centered around eating dinner with your family. So that's my approach to macro counting. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of that with you guys in the group. So if you're not in the Facebook group and you are interested in macro counting, go ahead and make sure you join. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. So since we are talking more about macro counting in the group, I wanted to start talking about it more in the podcast as well. So let's talk about what does it take to kind of get ourselves to be in a position where we can successfully macro count. And that is what we're going to talk about today. And if you are somebody that's new to macro counting, just a quick reference. Macro counting is basically counting the amount of macronutrients you eat in a day. So all food is comprised of macronutrients, proteins, fats, or carbs. That's what makes up the calorie count in um, in food. So think about macro counting is taking calorie counting one step further. So calorie counting is more for weight loss and macro counting is more for body recomposition, for body transformation, for gaining limb muscle and losing fat, not just changing the number on the scale, but actually transforming our body. So that's where macro counting comes into play. It's also considered a flexible dieting approach because it does not take out any food groups. There's nothing that you cannot eat um, that you can't eat in macro counting as long as it fits your macros. Of course, if you choose to eat healthier things, you're going to feel fuller. You're going to have more energy, um, but you it still allows room for going out to eat with family. Um, having a treat with your family, having ice cream, whatever it is that you want to fit in there, you can make it fit. And that's why I love uh, this approach. And it has really had a really big impact on my life and has been a cornerstone to help me stay fit all year round because I have an eating approach that I can say sustainable too. So if that sounds like something you're interested in or you're currently trying to macro count, this episode is going to be helpful because I'm going to share with you five things that you can start working on that are actually going to help to set you up for macro counting or make macro counting easier for you. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to dive into this and um, let's talk about this. So Five steps towards macro counting. The very first thing, and this is a lot of this, guys, the stuff that I work my one-on-one clients through, is the first step is we're going to keep a food diary. We're going to start having awareness around what we're eating, and you cannot do that. Um, You can't change something you're not aware of, so we have to start keeping a food diary. I recommend 
uh, recommend <laughs> recommend MyFitnessPal. It's really easy to use. It has a huge database. Hint, hint. Also, if you follow any of my recipes um, in the Facebook group, I put those in MyFitnessPal so it's easier for my clients to search for my recipes um, when they're using them. So keeping a food diary. And this first step, guys, if you've never kept a food diary before, um, don't get, okay, so this is one thing that is going to set you up and it's probably not going to be successful if you're trying to macro count. And you can go on, you can go online and you can do a macro counting calculator. Yeah, there's tons of those things out there. And then you could put that in my fitness pal and try to hit all of that perfectly. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to get overwhelmed really fast if you're somebody that's never read food labels or you've never kept a food diary. I suggest just starting with keeping a food diary in general. And the reason being is we're going to start seeing this in the next few steps, how powerful a food diary can be, even if you're not even tracking your macros at, just because you're keeping a food diary. I Every woman that I have done a nutrition consult with, and it's their first time keeping a food diary, and I ask them, what did you think of the food diary? And all of them will say it made them make better choices because they were being aware of what they were eating. So just in itself, keeping a food diary, and this is also something else I have um, statistics show, you're twice as likely, or people that keep a food diary lose twice as much weight to people that don't. And I think it has a lot to do with just the awareness piece of being aware of what you're, you're eating because think about it, food is habitual. I mean, we eat every day. We usually eat around the same times, usually some of the same things sometimes we eat and we don't even think about it right so let's bring awareness that's the first step the second step is becoming aware of what are those unhealthy eating habits you know cravings are you having cravings or is it real hunger are you emotional eating or do you have junk food habits are you skipping meals are you mindlessly eating in front of the tv these are the kind of things these are just eating habits that if we can become aware of them and we can start correcting them, this is going to make any anything easier to to um, to change in your diet. So when we do macro counting, it's it it can be a big change because it's something it's eating in a way you're not used to, right? So if we aren't addressing some of these like emotional eating things and these food habits first, it's going to create more barriers when we're trying to already learn something new. Does that make sense? And so when we can start changing our unhealthy eating habits first, it can really set us up for great success when we're macro counting. There's sometimes I work with clients and this is what we work on first and I don't even make them do macro counting just yet. Now, on the flip side of this too is when you start macro counting, since it is, especially my approach is a very balanced way of eating, it can correct a lot of these things like the, um, the skipping the meals and then having food cravings or having your blood sugar going up and down and you're having all these crazy cravings throughout the day. It can help do that. Now, emotional eating and things like that, that's other things that would have to get worked on that macro counting is not going to address. But when it comes to like the biology and the things going on in your body and like regulating your blood sugar and, you know, getting more protein to make you feel satisfied with food, um, it will, counting macros definitely helps because it will, it's a more balanced approach of eating, right? The next thing, the third thing is creating healthy eating routines and habits. So meal planning and portion control and just, you know, not skipping meals, learning how to deal with emotional eating, learning hunger cubes, not mindlessly eating in front of the TV. These are things, these like healthier habit routines will make 
macro counting so much easier, especially if you're meal planning, because this is a thing with macro counting that can get a little overwhelming at first is tracking your food, right? And trying to make sure you hit your macros. And if you're just all day, you're just kind of just you don't have a plan, right? And you're just grabbing and going. It's going to make it really hard to figure out how to put that food in a day. So for me personally, what I find is very helpful is I know what my dinners are going to be. My lunches and my breakfast are usually the same too. So a lot of that stuff, I already know ahead of time for the day. And then my snacks, I kind of just, sometimes I'll just wing that based on like what my macros are for the day, what I have left. But if I have dinner in place, and this is a lot of my approach to macro counting for moms, is if we know what dinner is and we meal plan for at least that, and we focus our macros for the day around dinner, then at least we have something set in stone that it will help us for the rest of the day, right? But that's the most important meal of the day for us as moms. That's the time where we sit down with our family. That's the time where, you know, that that's something you just can't get around. And of course, we want to be eating dinner with our family. And if you are somebody that is doing like low carb diets or keto, or um, even if you're doing macro counting, but you don't plan it out too well, then you're ending up like, well, I don't have any, I'm just gonna have to have a shake for dinner, or I'm gonna have to cook myself something separate from my family. And that's what I'm trying to teach women how not to do how because that's not sustainable long term. And I know that's not what women want. They want to be eating healthier dinners with their family and getting results as well. And and they also want to be setting an example for their for their children. Right. So um that's one thing that can be very helpful is having meal planning, being having these healthy routines around food can really set you up for success. And so I know I'm telling you that these are five steps towards macro counting, but really guys, this is setting you up for success in your nutrition or your diet or whatever you're trying to do with your nutrition. This is all foundational things that are going to set you up for success no matter what you're trying to do. Um, the next, the fourth thing is eating whole foods. So this is focusing on eating whole foods 80% of the time. And then you have the 20% to kind of play around with. And that's why I love macro counting because it allows room for that. There's no foods that are off limits, right? As long as we can fit those foods within our day. Now, the flip side of that was when we eat whole foods, they keep us feeling satisfied longer. And that's because like fruits and vegetables have a higher fiber content. When we're eating junk food. They're kind of empty calories. There's not really much fiber or nutrition in there. And so uh, we tend to get a lot hungrier or faster versus if we were to fill our diet more with things. And this is also has to do with the volume of food. So for example, we can, we can make junk food fit right <laughs> in a macro counting diet. Um, but I want you to compare like, for example, like a, a, one of those little snack packs of like cookies that are a hundred calories, right? Versus a hundred calories of a piece of fruit. That fruit is going to keep you a lot fuller longer than that little package. And that's a lot that has to do with full food volume. So when we're eating whole foods and things that are, you know, and what I mean by whole foods is, is things that don't have nutrition labels. This is not, I mean, uh, labels or it comes in a box or a package. This is food as is like we're talking about fruits, vegetables, um, meat, things that don't have an ingredient list. That is whole foods. Those things are going to keep you feeling full longer. So we want to make sure that the majority of our nutrition for the day is coming from whole foods. And that in itself is going to help with food cravings. That in itself is going to help to... um, helps you to not be hungry all the time, right? And keep us feeling full. We know what it feels like to eat a meal that is crappy and then 30 minutes later, we're still hungry again, right? And so when we eat whole foods, it it helps 
to alleviate that. The last thing is understanding what macronutrients are and being able to identify them. So what uh, are macronutrients? I talked about this earlier. It's proteins, carbs, and fats. And so before you even start macro counting, it would be very helpful for you to understand what those are and what sources um, those will come from. So for example, when I think protein, what do you think, right? Most people are going to say meat, you know, uh, dairy to an extent too. Now, if I say fats, do you know what are some healthier sources of fat? Okay, avocado, olive oil, um, even organic butter. What are some, or nuts? Another thing is, okay, when I say carbs, what do you what do you think about? You should be thinking like root vegetables, like potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice, uh, pastas, those kinds of breads. Those are bigger carb sources. Now, where people get a little frustrated or confused when they're trying to macro count is it's like, yes, I just told you those are carb foods, but there's also a little bit of protein or a little bit of fat in some of those foods, right? Not Most foods have a little bit of every single macronutrient, right? Which is some that are higher and lower in those macronutrients. And so when you're trying to balance that out for the day, it can get a little frustrating. But I have an approach to macro counting that is very, um, that has like a process to it. And one of the first things I'll let you guys know, um, if you are trying to somebody that is trying to macro count, the first step is really just staying within your calorie range for whatever your goal is and hitting your protein. The The thing that people don't realize is your fats and carbs can fluctuate, but as long as you stay within that calorie range that is for your goal and you hit your protein, you're still going to start seeing results. And the reason being is because low carb, high carb diets, they all, you can lose weight on them as long as... Um, and studies show this, as long as the calories are within a calorie deficit and your protein is high, low carb, high carb, it don't matter. It's You're still going to see great results. Now, it does maybe seem like low carb is better at first because in the beginning, if somebody's doing low carb, they lose a bunch of water weight, but it's not true fat. It's because the less carbs that you're consuming, the less water you hold for every gram of of carbs you consume, you hold three to four grams of water. And so by just doing low carb in itself, that's why people is like, oh my gosh, I lost like 10 pounds in one week. And it's like, yeah, a lot of that's water weight. And that's just from the lack of carbs. But studies show over time that weight loss will even out low carb versus high carb. Like I said, protein has to be high and you have to be within your calorie range for your weight loss. And that's really what you need just to get started. And of course, over time, you can balance the carbs and you can balance the fats. And I believe that is becomes even more important when we're trying to build muscle because we want to fuel ourselves properly with the right carbs in order to have the energy to really push through and have the best workouts in order to create that stimulus for muscle growth. So that's when that kind of comes into play. But if you're really just focusing on fat loss, um, that can be very beneficial is just starting off macro counting like that. And so it really helps when you can read food labels and you can understand like, okay, what is a, a source, a good source of protein? What's a good source of fats and carbs? Um, just kind of getting familiar. And if you are keeping a food diary, you'll automatically start seeing those things, guys. Um, My Fitness Pal is awesome because it will show you the ratio of macronutrients for food. And it will even show you your, at the end of the day, you can scroll down, you can see how your day is, and it will show you how your ratios were for the day. Like, you know, we're 
the percentages of where your calories came from. Like, um, like for example, you had 40% of the calories you ate today came from fats or, you know, whatever. It, it does that for you. So it's very, it's a good learning tool, right? So like I said, even if you're not doing macro counting, if you are trying to, um, you know, eat healthier, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to uh, change your nutrition, just keeping a food diary is going to be amazing for you to, um, it's a very helpful learning tool, right? So let me go ahead and recap what we talked about today. So five steps towards macro counting. These are five things you can do to build a really good foundation for before you even start macro counting. So for one, learning how to keep a food diary. For two, becoming aware of those unhealthy eating habits. Like, are you having cravings and around what time? Are you emotional eating? Do you have junk food habits, skipping meals, mindlessly eating? Uh, number three was create healthy eating habits and routines, such as like meal planning, not skipping meals, having consistency. The next thing, the fourth uh, step was eating more whole foods. So trying to uh, make your diet be a- at least 80% of your calories are coming from whole, healthy, good food. Um, and the last thing is understanding macronutrients, what they are. So, you know, being able to identify good sources of protein, fats, and carbs, and just being familiar about the breakdown of most of the foods that you eat and just becoming aware of that. And like I said, keeping a food diary is going to be very helpful for you to see that. So I hope you guys found this um, helpful And like I said, if you are not in the Facebook group and you want to learn more about macro counting, or even if you just want to learn about eating healthier with your picky eaters and getting some free recipes, make sure you join in the Facebook group. It's called Macros for Moms. Now I'm going to put it in the show notes. And like always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please um, leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you liked about the podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me in Instagram, Mama's New Strong, and let me know that you enjoyed this episode. But for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in next week's episode. Bye for now, guys. Hey there, mama. Are you trying to figure out how to lose the last of the belly fat, but also have strong curves in all the right places with a booty that would make JLo proud? You've lost the majority of the baby weight, but now you want to take your fitness to the next level by gaining lean muscle and transforming your body. So you've Googled things like how to gain lean muscle, how to get tone, and you've tried free fitness challenges from Instagram fitness chicks, but you're still stuck and nothing seems to be working. I hear you loud and clear. I've totally been there. And you could totally trial and error it like I did for a few years, but I don't want you to get so frustrated that you give up in the process altogether. So I created this simple and right to the point guide that explains the top five fitness mistakes you are making that are keeping you stuck. These are the top five things that I continue to see sabotaging women's results. And these are the five top things that I struggled with and I had to learn to overcome when I had to take, when I wanted to take my fitness to the next level. So you're going to want to go ahead and grab this free guide. You can go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes because I don't want you to make these same mistakes in 2020.